Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! April Fool's Day, guys. April 1st, 2021. Here today, Graham, Gius, and Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. We got another exclusive interview on tap for you fine folks here today. It's with the NXT United Kingdom champion, Volta. Walter talking about his upcoming championship defenses next week during WrestleMania weekend, his return back to NXT, the growth of the NXT UK brand, opponents he still wants to face, and so much more. It was actually a really, really cool conversation. Um, I had the opportunity to talk to him on Tuesday, and Walter's a very intimidating guy, so I was looking forward to it because I'm a big Walter fan. I had the chance to meet him a couple of years ago, and he was a cool guy then, but I still don't know how he's going to be over the phone. I thought he'd be very short with his answers. It'd be a very, you know, quick conversation. We ended up going the full 20 minutes, and it was a great time, so you're going to hear and enjoy that conversation here today. You can check it out in article form as well over on DailyDDT.com. We have more interviews coming in the next week to the channel, many more that have not made it here onto the show. Um, last week, we had chats with Matt Taven and EC3 from Ring of Honor, which were both great in video form over on the YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Graham G.S. and Matthews. So you can check out all of these interviews when they drop first on the channel and then here on WrestleRant Radio, possibly. Uh, we have two interviews coming up tomorrow, another next week, more that haven't even aired yet on the channel that were recorded last week. So there's a lot of content coming to the channel during WrestleMania season, and it's been incredibly busy, but like in the most rewarding way possible. So be sure to check out all that content on the channel. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to get new episodes every single Thursday on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Podbean. You can rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to the show. Never miss an episode. We also have new episodes on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com. Uh, be sure to check out all that stuff. I found out the other day, actually, in recording and, you know, putting this show up last week, I think, that Google Play is actually no longer a thing. It's not called Google Play anymore. It's called, like, Google Podcast. Who gives a shit? I'm still going to call it Google Play, probably. So, anyway, we have a lot of stuff to get to between the interview with Walter and then my usual conversation with Mr. Marceau, the newlywed man, by the way. He had a great wedding last Friday, which was fantastic. But we're going to be talking about Raw, the WWE Hall of Fame, NXT Dynamite, and... Our preview picks and predictions for TakeOver Stand and Deliver next Wednesday and Thursday. WrestleMania predictions are coming next week. So uh, that's usually our big like WrestleMania roundtable show. We might be adding an Alexis or someone else. I'm not sure yet. It'll probably just be us. We'll see. Um, but yeah, enjoy, guys. Be sure to check out my conversation right here, right now, with the NXT United Kingdom champion, Valta. Hey, Walter. How are you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Obviously, a very busy time right now. We got WrestleMania weekend coming up next week. You're probably among the most busy superstars there are right now between your two title defenses on NXT UK and Takeover. Uh, does it remind you of the old WrestleMania weekends being a part of all these wrestling shows and just you know in just one weekend? Yeah, it's uh, it's. I mean, it's not the same like before as an indie wrestler. Like doing all the shows WrestleMania weekend, we would end up doing like eight matches or seven matches in like three or four days yeah. <laughs> so it's a little bit more relaxed now uh, yeah. but obviously it's, uh, it, it's very in WWE it's very different as well yeah. Um, but yeah I'm looking forward to that Wrestlemania season is great to be a part of and it's one of the most exciting times uh, of the year for the, for the fans and also for for the wrestlers yeah, no, for sure. And this is going to be, shockingly enough, well, you've been with the company, your third WrestleMania weekend, which is kind of hard to uh, think about, that you've been here for over two years now. How have you seen your growth? How has your journey been so far in WWE from from when you joined NXT UK initially over two and a half years ago to uh, present day? Yeah, it's um, it has been great so far. It's like, 
it's like when I when I started for WWE, like I kind of didn't know what's what's coming and how it will go down or something. But it's I think for a wrestler working for WWE, it's like as a football player, you finally play for Bayern Munich or something like mm-hmm. that. That's what you can that's what you can compare it to. Um, we really have the best circumstances here to just really focus on on our performances and focus on what we do in the ring. Before, as an independent wrestler, you're kind of in charge of everything you got to do. You have to take care of everything. Mm-hmm. Your your travel and hospitalization and stuff like that. Um, you kind of have to manage that on your own and be in charge of that. And we're getting taken great care of us. And now I can really solely focus on what I do in the ring and get the best out of it. Yeah, no, for sure, and uh, it's been great seeing you in WWE NXT UK for the last couple of years, and like I said, you got two title defenses coming up next week, which are both going to be great, um, but we only just recently re-saw, saw you resurface on NXT after about a year away due to the current circumstances, obviously. What was that process like getting back to the States after over a year away being in the uh, UK? Uh, it's, it's a little bit hard to kind of like really experience it if there's almost no audience mm-hmm. uh, in the venue. There's a, there's a small amount of audience in the uh, in the Capital Wrestling Center to uh, enjoy the shows, but it's still very different from what it was before. Yeah. Um, overall, it's like I said, it, we were especially as a group Imperium, which just started to really get going, mm-hmm. and then we got interrupted by the by the pandemic. So it's great to be back and catch up on it again and go forward as a as a group and also for myself again. Yeah, for sure. Was there ever a timetable on your comeback to NXT, or was it really just whenever the opportunity presented itself? Again, with the current circumstances, it's kind of hard to predict everything going on right now. Um, but was there ever a timetable, okay, I would like to be back in NXT in the States around WrestleMania time, or again, was it really just more of an opportunity presenting itself? Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like it was hard to tell when there's the chance to, to, to come back. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things you got to work out for right now. I was I was busy doing I was busy wrestling for NXT UK in England, but it's not that easy right now where you can just fly there for two days and then do your matches and go home again. Right mm-hmm. now, that comes with quarantining in England first for a week, but then when I come back to Germany, quarantine there for another week or ten days. So every little trip we take right now just blocks off such a long period of time where we can't travel or even leave the house or yeah. something like that. But it's really, it's really not easy to, to really figure it out. Um, so I think, yeah, I'm glad to be finally be back, but to really be able to go back and forth more frequently, we still have to wait a little bit longer until the world goes back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, no, hopefully not too much longer, but, uh, you know, there's still plenty of work to be done, obviously, but, um, you know, obviously you came back to NXT just recently. How many people knew about your return ahead of time? Because Jordan Devlin's return was advertised. We knew about that. You showed up on the same, on the same show. It was a complete surprise. Uh, how many knew, how many people knew about that ahead of time before your comeback to NXT? I guess, uh, my friends knew and the people in charge here knew, I guess, mm-hmm. but besides from that, uh, not many. <laughs> it was it was a pretty well kept secret. Did you have to go through any hoops to keep that a secret, or was it really just? I mean, there's no one at the airports right now. I guess just do everything going on. So, did you have to go through any hoops to keep that a surprise, or was you were you just surprised to to see that no one really knew about it ahead of time? It wasn't spoiled at all. Yeah, I mean, it's just like for right now, like like I said, when you travel on planes and stuff like that, it's not that many people on yeah. there. And also, the first week here before I showed up. I had to uh, self-isolate or quarantine as well, so I was stuck in a hotel room for the time anyway, so I couldn't really... (laughs) (laughs) There is an upside uh, from all of that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, no, this is perfect timing too, because like I said, you got the two title matches next week. First against against Rampage Brown in NXT UK, and then Tommaso Ciampa on TakeOver Stand and Deliver. Uh, first with Ciampa, is he someone that you've had your eye on for a while, someone that you've wanted to wrestle for a while? Because it seems like for as long as both of you guys have been in wrestling, not just in WWE, but just the business as a whole, have you guys ever clashed one-on-one before? And even if not, is that a match that you've wanted for a while now? No, this is the, this is the, the first time we're going to actually compete in a, in, a, in a match against each other because... Uh, Tommaso, before his WWE career, he was in 
he was in he was in Germany a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, but we never had the chance to wrestle each other. So I'm looking forward to it. I think he's a very intense and very physical wrestler, which really goes well along with what I do. So, and I'm looking forward. Like every time, my favorite wrestling matches are when I know it's gonna be a struggle and I know it's gonna be intense and physical. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. So yeah. it's, I think it's going to be exciting for everyone to follow along and watch. Yeah, absolutely. Just a great clash of styles, too. How do you think that's going to differ from the match that you have that same week with Rampage Brown, someone who's been undefeated since showing up in NXT UK, someone who's had a lot of buzz <clears throat> Excuse me, before even showing up in WWE? How different is that match going to be for you going into uh, WrestleMania weekend for with uh, Rampage Brown? I think it's going to be different because they're both very different wrestlers like Rampage is heavier uh, heavier than Tommaso so he's gonna be yeah he's gonna be able to actually lift me with without bigger issues and throw me around a little bit I would say mm-hmm. while Tommaso is more of a, a brawler I would think and more striking based than Rampage is so I think it's gonna be two very different matches but they're gonna be exciting in their own fashion yeah uh, this coming weekend is actually going to mark two years from when you won the NXT UK Championship, and you recently broke the record of Pete Dunne as the longest reigning NXT UK, uh, UK Champion of all time. And when he had that record, no one ever thought that would be snapped. I mean, he held the championship for two years as well, but here you are two years later, still the NXT UK Champion. When you hear a milestone like that, when you hear a stat like that, that you've been champion for 600 and something days, you've been champion for over two years now, does it resonate with you at all in thinking to yourself, okay, that's cool that I've held the championship for this long, one of the longest title reigns of all time in WWE, or is it really just like, okay, cool, on to the next thing type of thing? I mean, I'm, I tend to be the guy that is like, okay, cool, do the next thing, but <laughs> looking on the look, looking, looking at it and stuff like that, it's obviously a cool achievement. And for me personally, right now, we like being honest with myself. Like the the, the pandemic added his bit to that because we had like half a year or six months or whatever it was uh, mm-hmm. that I couldn't wrestle or they were like any UK didn't do didn't do any shows. Um, so that stretched it out a little bit as well. So maybe just for myself, I need to catch up on those six months and then. Maybe legitimize it for myself. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. But it's funny you say that because, yeah, you guys missed like six months of time. But then you came back better than ever with one of the greatest matches of 2020. Definitely one of the greatest matches in NXT UK history with Ilya Dragunov last October. Can you talk about that match a little bit? Because it was so great, even without an audience. And you mentioned that earlier, how different the atmosphere is without fans in the crowd right now. What was that match like for you? Did you know after it happened that it was one of the best matches in the history of the brand and having an audience there or not having an audience there? How did that affect it for you? I mean, you just you just mentioned it's like if, if it would come across good without a crowd, like even though there isn't a crowd, I think we benefited from that. I yeah. think it was an upside for us that there was no because myself and also Ilya, we're both very, two very intense and physical, physical wrestlers. So I think with with no crowd noise interrupting the the, the audio of what we do, more or less, um, mm-hmm. I think it was yeah things were more visible for for the for the audience. Like every every time our bodies made contact with something, they could get the full audio of it, and I think that added to it. I think you you have it, you see it a little bit similar to to MMA right now with MMA without an audience you, you hear every little blow mm-hmm. and you go like oh that sounds like <laughs> it hurts or that, that sounds terrible and, and I think that's something we we benefited a lot from so and yeah. I think when a match is very physical and very draining and it's a struggle for both competitors I think that's what adds some sort of a natural drama to it and I think that's what happened in that match and that's why people yeah why people enjoy watching it yeah, no, absolutely, and I think it kind of forced an emphasis on storytelling, too, because it was such a long match, you guys are in there, and the action was great, too, but like you said, not having a crowd there allows you to hear, like, for you specifically, hearing the chops, like, we heard that last week in NXT with Ciampa, with Ilya, you can hear the chops from a mile away, and even with the crowd, it's loud, but even without a crowd, it's even louder, so um, I think that was one of the best parts about that match, and just a total 180 from, like, the Tyler Bate match, which, again, was one of the best matches of 2019 for WWE, that had a crowd, and the crowd to eat that one up. Um, would you regard that as one of your favorite matches yeah. that you've had as NXT UK champion, the one with Tyler Bay? 
Um, no, I think they're both equal because they're both different matches and different experiences. Mm-hmm. I think we there was a, there's a different people would watch it and 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 experience a different emotion watching it, like mm-hmm. both of the matches. So I like to both have them equal on my <laughs> on my <laughs> when I look back. They're both they're both milestones in my career in WWE, of course, and I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna work as hard as I can to keep creating those special moments uh, for the audience. So. Yeah, and your title reign's been full of them too, between the Ilya match, the Bait match that we just mentioned, even the Pete Dunn match where you won the championship almost exactly two years ago. Every title defense is special for a different reason. And I know you actually talked about this before, um, having those infrequent title defenses like every couple of months makes it feel more special. Is that what you kind of pride yourself on right now, being one of those more attraction wrestlers, not wrestling every single week, wrestling or putting your championship on the line every couple of months? Do you kind of pride yourself in being more of an attraction, a featured attraction wrestler? Oh, yeah. I would I would say I, w- I would say it like that. Everything. I think that's cool. Like, I, I like it. It's a, the first time, <clears throat> the first time I watched wrestling, my, my, that took me to the tournament in Vienna mm-hmm. that was ran by Otto Manns. And the, how it was done there, it was they would go to different cities and they would have a tournament where they would have, depending on the city, maybe like 30, 40, or 50, 50 days of wrestling in a row. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of that, there would be one big heavyweight title match. And that kept everybody involved in that special. And I've, I like that approach, and I think it really fits the fits NXT UK that they kind of keep it that way. It fits the European style, and mm-hmm. that's I think my opinion that's the that's the right way to do it. And I, um, mm-hmm. I think a world champion or main champion of a brand shouldn't defend his title every week or every two weeks. I think to actually be the one that actually gets a chance for a title match, it needs to be, it needs to mean something. And I think that is done very well in NXT UK. And I really hope it's, yeah, it's getting kept up like this. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's weird too, because we don't really see you defend your championship often in a good way, but now we're getting two title matches. Like, I don't know if they're on the same day. I think is, is your match with, um, Champa, is that night one? Do you believe on, on for stand and deliver? Or is that night two? That is one. Uh, the one with Tommaso is on Stand and Deliver on the Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then the one with Rampage will be on the Thursday. Okay, yeah, that's on NXT UK Prelude. Okay, Prelude. Yeah, it's going to be two great matches. It's going to be an awesome week. You talked earlier about your decision to come to WWE two years ago. Um, how have you seen the NXT UK brand grow in that time? Because Pete Dunne was one of those people that kind of got the brand up and going, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven, among other people. But you've really taken that brand under, under your wing for the last two years now. How have you seen it grow? And obviously, pandemic aside, because that kind of shut stuff down for a while. Um, how have you seen NXT UK grow uh, over the last two years since you've been there? So, yeah, I mean, before NXT UK, what we did was we would tour to different venues in England mm-hmm. all over the country and then have the shows there. And with the pandemic, there was a, yeah, they would, everybody like, they were forced to change it up a little bit. So now we have the chance to hold our events uh, at the BT Sports Studio in, in London, which is a great, it's it, which is a proper great uh, TV studio. Mm-hmm. And I think just the look, of that of that studio was a big improvement for NXT UK because it just looks fantastic and I really hope that's also when the world goes back to normal that this studio is gonna be yeah our our headquarters there where we're gonna where we're gonna tape most of the NXT UK episodes. Um, I think that that already was a big big upgrade and then also I think NXT UK was able to yeah to to get in a lot of great talent from all over Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, because when it first started, it was really, really focused on on wrestlers from the United Kingdom. But like I said, somebody like Pete moved on, who was a centerpiece, and they managed to pick up so much great talent from like from Germany, from Spain. Um, and I think that's that's what they do really well to actually get the talent in and then show it off to show it off to the to a worldwide audience, so they can. Yeah, they can actually see and identify that there's there are great wrestlers in Europe as well. Yeah. Um, 
So I think in that in, in that regard, it it's pretty much progressed, um, and I hope it's gonna I hope it's gonna stay like that because European wrestling is my that's the wrestling I <clears throat> I like the most because it's such a melting point of of wrestling styles from all over the world, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's exciting to watch. So I'm looking forward to what the future is going to be for that brand. Yeah, yeah. No, the roster just keeps growing. You keep replenishing the pot every time someone moves on to elsewhere. There's always someone there to kind of fill in that void, which is cool. Uh, final few questions for you, Walter. I've, I've spoken to Finn a couple of times, and every time I've spoken to him, he always mentions you and how he really, really, really wants to face you. We almost got that match about a year ago. Obviously, circumstances prevented that from happening. That's got to be a match that you still really want to have, right? You and Finn Balor, whether it be for the championship or not, that's got to happen at some point, right? Yeah, I hope so. Like that's that, like you said, we were about to get ready for it, and then the pandemic happened. So, and I think Finn Balor right now is the the best version of himself that he has ever been, mm-hmm. and he's a great champion. The way he, yeah, the, the way he carries himself and how also carries NXT on his back right now is fantastic. Every every NXT title match feels like a straightforward competition, and mm-hmm. that's what it should be. Mm-hmm. So. Whenever it's possible, and yeah, whenever it's whenever he's ready, I'm I'm ready, and I'm looking forward to whenever that's gonna happen. But for now, I try to focus on the Mazu Jumper, which is the next task, and then we see in which circumstances it can happen. Yeah, no, for sure. And right now, you're pulling double duty. You're on NXT UK. You're doing NXT. I know you've talked in the past about your desire to stay over in the UK and be stationed over there. Have your thoughts on that changed at all over the last couple of years and coming to NXT full-time? Or will your home always be over in the UK, in your opinion? Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm a wrestler, so I, I'm open to travel wherever I need uh, wherever I need it. But... Mm-hmm. Um, my base, I, I, I don't, I work in the UK, that's my base, but I, I still live in Germany. That's like my, that's where my home is and that's okay. where I want to be. But I'm, mm-hmm. but I'm open to fly wherever I'm needed to, to wrestle. So that's part of the job. <laughs> For sure. And as far as opponents you still want to face, we've seen you face a variety of opponents so far in NXT, NXT UK. You know, people have brought up you and Brock Lesnar as a dream match for you to have at some point, or anyone else on the main roster. We saw you and Seth Rollins a couple of years ago. Uh, what were your thoughts in a potential match with B with a Brock or anyone else in WWE that you want to face at some point? I mean, honestly, uh, Brock Lesnar is. Like when when he had when he had his his last run <clears throat> as the top guy of of WWE, mm-hmm. like I was so impressed with Brock. He's fantastic. Like he's a great he's a great wrestler. He's a fantastic athlete. And in general, you can if you know what we do, and then you watch him you watch him wrestle. You understand that his mind for professional wrestling is is fantastic. He might be one of the smartest wrestlers mm-hmm. uh, there are right now. And if that match could ever happen, then of course. I would go for it. What a challenge! Like, would be great. Um, in general, there's uh, if I look at the main roster now, like Cesaro is always one of the matches I really wanted to have mm-hmm. all my whole career. Then Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan would be the other one that I would really wanted to do. It's one of the best wrestlers that ever stepped foot in the ring, I think, and it's still at the moment is still one of the best around. And yeah, those would be the matches. Um. I would be most excited for it. Oh, now I'm excited to see you and Cesaro and Brian. Hopefully at some point we get to see those matches and they can come to NXT to make them happen. Or NXT UK, because I know Cesaro was over there for one night to face Ilya a couple years ago. So maybe at some point down the road we can see it. But before then, you got Ciampa next week. you got Rampage Brown, both for the NXT UK Championship. Both matches are going to be awesome. Walter, thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks to Walter once again for the time. I had a great time chatting with him. But now we welcome on the newlywed Marceau, Mr. Marceau, RJ, to help me break down all the things from the past week in the world of wrestling. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? I'm doing well, GSM. How are you? Doing great. 20 years from the day that we had WrestleMania 17. Actually, quite a few anniversaries today. WrestleMania 17, WrestleMania 28 from 2012, WrestleMania 6, actually, from 1990, I believe, 27 years ago today, or 20 years ago, whatever the anniversary is. Uh, quite a few anniversaries today, Mr. Marceau. Any of those WrestleManias stand out to you? 
I mean, WrestleMania 17 was great. Um, I mean, that was the year before I started watching, but that one, I mean, that would always go down as one of the best. Uh, 28 was amazing. Uh, Miami, Brock, and Cena the first time. It was a great, great main event. And, I mean, 6, I wasn't even... Was that Warrior and Hogan? Yeah, WrestleMania 6 was, yeah. Great stuff. Couldn't tell you anything else that happened on that show. I know what happened in Toronto. I know that. I know that for a fact. But besides yeah. that, couldn't even tell you what's up. Well, hey, it was a one-match show. And that's all that mattered. It is a great WrestleMania then. I said this on Twitter earlier that April 1st might have to be the new WrestleMania day like Wrestle, like January 4th is for Wrestle Kingdom because uh, it hosted three of the best WrestleManias they've ever done. And we have WrestleMania coming up next week, and we're going to have WrestleMania predictions next week, takeover, stand-and-deliver predictions this week, in addition to breaking down Raw, NXT, and Dynamite. Real quick thoughts on those. Um, Raw was just absolutely terrible and worse than usual, and I think some of the shows lately have been better. Um, I thought last week's show was, was decent from what I can recall. This week's show, one, I fell asleep by the end, but even if I didn't, the show was pretty bad before that anyway. Um, NXT and Dynamite, we had some highs, we had some lows, we'll get into all of that. I was going to make a joke about how I just joined the Nightmare Family as an April Fool's Day joke because it's April 1st, but it, it's not even funny. Like, I care so little, I can't even make a joke about joining the Nightmare Family. <laughs> I was just saying, you should put that on Twitter and see how many people rip you for that, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I would say that was definitely one of the lowlights from last night. I, I, I just, the match itself wasn't good. The whole faction wars, I don't care about. I just, I don't get it. We're going to be all over the place here today, talking about Raw, Dynamite, and NXT, including the Nightmare Family stuff. I'm in the Nightmare Family, you're in the Nightmare Family, we're all in the Nightmare Family. Um, but I already asked this before we went live here a couple of minutes ago, Mr. Marceau, but how does it feel being a married man now? Feels good. Uh, still still married, and I haven't got a divorce yet, so <laughs> everything's going well. Hopefully it goes better than Bobby Lashley and Lana, and hopefully if you can extend past, or get past the, um, how long were they married for? Six months? We were there for the wedding. I was there for two different weddings in the last year. I was there for yours last Friday, and then we were both there together for the Lana Lashley one in December of 2019. They were together for about six months, so if you can make it past that mark, that's the sign of a happy marriage right there. Sounds like it. I mean, if I can make it longer than Kane and Lita, I'll, I'll be happy. <laughs> God, one of the classic weddings in wrestling history. Better than the, um, I, I will tell you, I've been to a few weddings, that one being one of them from Hartford in, in, in 2019. I, I wasn't there for the beach break one with Penelope Ford and Miro and, and Kip Sabian, that whole shit, but I would say yours was one of the better ones I've seen. Well, that's good. I hope I hope you recovered from all the dancing. It was tearing up some carpet, people. <laughs> And the six hours just flew by. The reception, the reception itself was was a lot. Oh, it was a long time. It was a while. The wedding itself, dude, was quicker than was was quicker than I could even imagine. I can't even make an analogy, but it, it, it puts dark to shame. Yeah, I mean, it was quick. I I, I thought this. I mean, the reception after, I felt like uh, flew by. By the time I looked at my watch, it was already ten thirty. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> so. It flew by. It definitely flew by. It did. When you're having a fun time, it always flies by. But let's get right into it real quickly. It was announced on Tuesday, I believe it was. William Shatner is headed to the WWE Hall of Fame in the Celebrity Wing. They already recorded the Hall of Fame. It's going to be airing live. Not live. I'm sorry. I just, I just said it was recorded. It's airing next Tuesday on Peacock, I'm pretty sure. Um, both nights. Both the 2020 class and the 2021 class. Pretty sure Shatner was the last one announced. I saw Titus O'Neil in the picture. Um, of the 2020 and 2021 class. So I heard he might be getting the Warrior Award. If so, that's pretty cool. Um, I'm not sure what the status is with that, but Shatner headed to the Hall of Fame. He's made all of, what, like two or three appearances for WWE over the last 30 years. And anyone saying, oh, this person should be in, that person should be in. Listen, I completely agree, but the fact that he's going in before anyone else, including friggin' Flo Rida, who's made how many appearances over the years? A million. Flo Rida's been there a bunch. Why isn't he in there? Why isn't Cindy Lauper in the Hall of Fame? What about um, uh, Limp Biscuit? I'd put Limp Biscuit in the Hall of Fame before Shatner, but I like Shatner, so I can't really complain too much. Yeah, I mean, it's the celebrity wing, so it is what it is, but all the people you just named, I would say, were are more fitting than he is. I mean, I couldn't even tell you the last time I saw him on TV, probably when they had the raw guest host, but besides that, couldn't even tell you. It was 11 years ago, too. I said this on Hashtag, which is going up shortly, but... I think he's worthy for the Hall of Fame alone for that uh, 
bit that he did on Raw, which has gotten millions of views on YouTube, if you go look it up. But when he sang the entrance themes for John Cena, Rey Mysterio, Triple H, it was uh, it was legendary. So looking forward to that. Next Tuesday is the Hall of Fame ceremony. we got a lot to get to. Like I said, we're going to save the TakeOver Stand and Deliver predictions until the very end for both Night 1 and Night 2. Obviously, we're doing a show next Thursday uh, before Night 2 starts, but I figured it'd be just easier if we just got all the predictions out of the way this week to then focus on solely WrestleMania um, next Thursday. But we got to talk about Raw real quickly. Just uh, not an all-time terrible episode, but a very boring, bad booking show, full of bad booking decisions. Most notably, we got to start off with this, brother. The Hurt Business is apparently no more. Um, they started the show teasing tension. They've been teasing tension for a few weeks now, starting with Alexander and Benjamin losing the Raw Tag Team titles a few weeks ago to The New Day. And I thought it would be one of those cases, kind of like what we're seeing right now with Team Taz, where they tease tension, but, you know, they, they stick together in the end, they come out of it stronger. They were already doing this with Alexander and Benjamin a few months ago, and they came out of it stronger. But that was not the case on Monday. Bobby Lashley outright got physical Benjamin, beat the crap out of him, then subsequently beat him in a match later on in the night, before outright saying the words, the Hurt Business is over. Now, this has led to speculation, oh, maybe they could be adding more members or replacing Benjamin and Alexander, blah, blah, blah. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why would you break up the Hurt Business at this point? It makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, it seemed pretty premature. I mean, I know when they first started, Alexander and Benjamin did have like their little uh, beef back and forth. And then obviously when they won the belts, it kind of squashed that difference. But now that they lost the belts, they just immediately break the group up. It didn't really make much sense. And just to replace them with fucking Baron Corbin I mean come on who cares it, it, don't tell me he, well he's not in the group I will say I was gonna say don't tell me he's not in the he, he's in the group but I think MVP clarified on Twitter that he's not in the her business so what do you think the status is of the group are we gonna see more members added what do you think is gonna go on there yeah I mean who would you add at this point I I, I mean I've heard I, Ricochet Keith Lee I don't know what his status is I heard he's gonna be out for a while whatever he's dealing with I, I don't I don't know just again I think the other two were perfectly fine I thought Benjamin and Alexander were perfect yeah I mean I, I thought they were pretty good as well I thought they were probably one of the better things in Raw so just to break them up I, I it, it's not good for Alexander and Benjamin they probably won't even be on the show anymore so they can enjoy catering and a main event now yeah, essentially. I don't see them going anywhere after that. People asking me, oh, they're going to be just fine? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, there's already enough people on Raw. They're not doing shit with. I mean, Ali was martyred of the terrible retribution gimmick. They ain't doing shit with uh, Angel Garza, Ricochet. AJ Styles is in the friggin' tag team division, for God's sakes. I mean, take your pick. There's so many people specifically on Raw alone they're not doing shit with. Where, where's Jeff Hardy been lately? I mean, I, I could just go on and on. Um, so that was one thing from Raw that I thought was just incredibly stupid. They're obviously doing this thing with the Hurt Business where, oh, they want Bobby to, you know, win on his own at Mania without help of anyone else. Corbin attacking Drew. I assume this leads to Drew and Corbin next week. And they already did that last year, but whatever. Um, not as a title program, but they did it as a Raw match while Corbin was even then still on SmackDown. Do you think this actually leads to Lashley retaining at WrestleMania? Or do you think it's really just some unnecessary TV storyline that won't be paid off in any form. In, in, in the sense that they're like, oh, we're putting a bounty on Drew. Is someone, coming, is someone coming to collect other than Corbin, or is this the extent of it? Seems like that's the extent of it at this point. I mean, I don't really know how much you do more from here unless, I mean, I don't think anyone would, would normally main, would interfere in a, like a main event at WrestleMania. So I, I think this is just it for now, but. I still feel like Drew's going to beat Bobby at WrestleMania, so we'll see. But I, I don't think that's changing anything. I, I think Drew's going to is going to win the belt back. I mean, let's go down the list here of just this, the the terrible stuff from Raw. And I'm not usually one to poop on everything, but this really was not a good show at all. Um, I mean, there there was some good stuff. I mean, Sheamus and Riddle I thought had a very good match. Don't you think they could have found a little bit of a more creative way to give Sheamus another United States title shot at Mania? Not another. He hasn't got one a shot in a while, but don't you think they could have found a better way to book that match without having Sheamus beat Riddle on Raw and give away the match before it happens at WrestleMania? Well, yeah, but that's what they do. They always they that was just like Drew, Sheamus and Drew. They could have saved that for Fastlane or WrestleMania and just done a, a, a one good match, but they've already done Riddle and Sheamus twice already, and he beat them on Monday. So it's like, well, why would anyone want to see that again? Hey, hey, hop, hop. Where's that in the iTunes charts for you? 
uh, couldn't be any lower. It was not funny at all. I like the Braun Strowman one, but the one the one on Monday was horrible. Yeah, the Braun one I thought was pretty funny. I chuckled at a few points, but like it was pretty stupid overall. What was worse, that or the AJ Styles New Day shit? <laughs> I mean, again, I pick your poison here. Yeah, I would say they both were equally bad. I, I'll go on. What was worse between those two segments and then Strowman and the Choo Choo Train? <laughs> 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 I get a I get a tickle from the uh, choo choo train. It's so dumb, like it is really stupid. But it, it gives me a little giggle. But in reality, it's really fucking dumb. Oh god! I'll go on. What was worse between all those three things and then Rhea Ripley saying that she and Oscar will challenge um Shayna and Nia next week? Oh, uh, this has been like my vendetta this last like couple months. <laughs> the whole we're gonna. We're going to be mad at each other. We're going to face each other. But then we're going to go for the tag team belts that mean nothing for no reason and then lose. Like, who cares? They just did this with Sasha and, and Bianca. Why would you do it again? No one cares. Like, they had... And the worst part is, Nia and Shayna just lost to fucking Naomi and Lana. On, like, they lost a segment before that. Mm-hmm. And they come out like, oh, like, you guys are going to face us. We're great champions. Like, you just lost five minutes ago. Yeah, no, that made no sense. Um, yeah, they're obviously building towards that. They just did it with Sasha and Bianca. They did it with Asuka and Charlotte when they first, you know, became tag team champions. They did it on, even on NXT. They did it. They did it with Karrion uh, and Cross and Finn Balor a week or two ago on the show, which was terrible then too. It's it's one of these tired tropes from WWE. They just they just can't get enough of it. It's just terrible. Oh, man, um, they did. Um, uh, what was even? Wait a second. So Ricochet beat or McIntyre beat Ricochet and Ali in back to back. I fell asleep at this point, so I need your help trying to help me break this down here. What happened? I mean, I I, I was fast forwarding pretty quickly. I, I only remember seeing Ali and Ricochet. I can't tell you what else happened. No, I'm pretty sure. I think McIntyre beat them both, and that was when Corbin came out. I don't even know. I have to. I haven't even written the review yet because I I missed this part of it. I just been busy, but. I think that's what happened here, according to the WWE.com results. McIntyre beat the Bolt. I don't even fucking know. It's so confusing. Um, the Raw side of things, it's hard to even care about what they have set up for Mania. The tag and title stuff is terrible. Sheamus and Riddle, they've done a bunch of times. It should be a good match, but they just gave it away on Raw. Um, Strowman and Shane is just all-time terrible shit. Rhea and Asuka has potential, but whatever they're doing with them in the meantime isn't great. And then Drew and Bobby is interesting, and then the match is going to be good, but the buildup has been very subpar. Any other thoughts on Raw from this past week? It was just a historically bad show. I, I, I don't think there was many pauses coming out of it. What about Dynamite on Wednesday? <laughs> Let's get into it. I mean, I thought it was a decent show at some points, but there's just a lot of shit that's in the middle, so it's just, I feel like the shit always the good, and I always just come out away like mad every time. Well, let's address the positives right off the bat, because I didn't like the stable stuff. I hate the excessive amount of factions. We talked about it before. we got to talk about it again, not just randomly, but because they introduced yet another new stable on Wednesday in the form of QT Marshall's lead faction. Who gives a fuck? But let's talk about the good first, because I don't want to make it sound like we're shitting on everything here. But I did enjoy Christian Cage and Kazarian. I know your, your biggest gripe with it was that it went a little too long, and I understand that. Um, I don't really think the Outwork Everyone tagline is, is accurate when you have a roster as deep as this one in AEW. But I thought it was a very good match. They played well off their history in TNA. Um, Christian won as he should have. Kazarian was the perfect person for him to beat in his first match. And I thought he got off to a solid start for a guy that hasn't had a singles match in seven years. I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, the, itself as like a wrestling match was good. Um, the whole Outwork Everything Everyone tagline is just stupid. I mean... Just so inside baseball, like just such a mark thing to say, and that's why Tony Khan let that slide because it's just a <laughs> rich mark. So, I mean, it is what it is. I just, it was good match, fine. I just, I just don't really see what they do with Christian. I mean, he's good. I just feel like there's just no place to put him at this point. He's just like, is he going to be on elevation next week? I, I just, uh, I feel like every big person is kind of already like in, in something that's important. So then, whether they're going to stop it just to put Christian in, I just. At this point, I don't really know where you put them. Is it him and Omega double or nothing, you think? Because I know they teased that a few weeks ago. They had teased it, but it seems like he's busy right now with the Bucks and Moxley still. Well, that was my question. So, I think it could be Omega and Christian. I think it's a little too soon for that, personally. I would hold off on that. He'd just be Kazarian. Like, what did he fucking do? He needs a couple more wins than that to challenge Omega for the title. 
Um, but yeah, we're getting a six-man tag team match next week with Moxley and the Bucks against Omega and the Good Brothers. Now, I think that's a good attraction for the show because it will be airing opposite of TakeOver. So it is a nice match. I thought they would wait longer to do it, but they're giving it away next week because they're airing opposite of TakeOver. So clearly, I would assume that we're getting the Bucks and the Good Brothers for the AEW World Tag Team titles at Double or Nothing. That is my guess. But if you do that, then what do you do for the World Championship? Do you do Moxley and Omega again? Like, where do you think this is going as far as the World Championship is concerned? Uh, from what 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 what's been teased lately, I, I think it is going to be Mox and and Omega again. I, I don't think that's what they should do. I think Moxley should move on at this point. But I mean, he's still mad about the Eddie Kingston thing. Um, they're still teasing them, and they're facing each other next week. I, I just, I mean, I don't know what double or nothing is, but it, from the way that they're setting up, it seems like they're going to do Mox and Omega again. Maybe they could do it before double or nothing. But besides Moxley, I just don't. Who else would you have? fight for the like who else would contend for the championship at this point i just like i said i feel like everyone else is already in some kind of faction war and they're not really like had their set sight on singles gold right yeah, and, now and my, my problem with it is that they blew off the feud seemingly a revolution in a death match how do you do anything that tops a death match in terms of like storylines of trying to blow off a feud I, like to go back to a singles match at this point would be silly i think the revolution match to be honest with you should have been a standard singles match if you did then what they did afterward to continue the feud, I think I would have been more okay with it, and then you build to a death match. But to do anything after a death match, I think is just ridiculous. Well, yeah, it's ass. It's ass backwards mm-hmm. booking. Why would you have a death match and then just have another singles match or another normal match? It makes no I sense. I mean, WWE does it all the time, but I thought AEW would be better than that. Yeah, I, I just I don't really get it, but I like I said, even if they don't, they do mocks and. Omega in the interim, I just, who else contends for the belt at this point? Like I said, everyone else is kind of in like some kind of faction war. I mean, I guess you could do Christian, but like you said, I think it's way too soon for that. Is he going to face like Hangman? I mean, I I, I would wait on that. I feel like he's the one that should beat Omega. So Mm. I I would wait a little bit longer down the line, probably till all out to to do that. But besides him, I I couldn't even name you another babyface besides Christian, who's like freed up to at least do something. Cody, obviously, I had to be Cody. I mean, he's facing stupid QT. (laughs) Let's get right into this shit, dude. I tweeted this out earlier. Cody Rhodes has not meant this little. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think since he left WWE five years ago. Like, he just when he comes out now, it doesn't feel special. And the -the over-the-top entrance was ridiculous anyway. I think Cody's fantastic. I've always been a big Cody fan. And the, the, the weird thing with this is that he books the promotion. Now, I understand... If you just put the title on him, he would say the people, oh, he put the belt on himself. What a mark. Omega's a fucking EVP too. And he, I mean, he's the champion, but it makes sense for him to be champion. So I don't think anyone has an issue with that. I don't have an issue with that. Cody is very over. He's very good. He has a lot of like credibility. Why have they completely, why is he completely wasted himself for the last year now in pointless feuds that don't really mean anything? They, they kind of weave in and out of like, oh, there's this and then there's that. There's no consistency. He's had a lot of good matches, but there's no consistency. He kind of lost the MJF feud. There was no follow-up from that. He won the TNT title, which was good. He had the open challenge, which was great. The Brody feud was really well done. I feel like it's been downhill ever since he got that belt back because then he lost it back a month later, feuded with Team Taz for a, a few weeks for some reason. The Shaq shit was random. The match was good. But, again, that just kind of came out of nowhere. Wasn't involved in anything notable, a revolution. Now he's feuding with his pupil. I feel like they haven't quite figured out what to do with Cody at this point because they kind of booked themselves into a friggin' corner when they put that stipulation. I mean, I honestly, I feel like if they didn't do that stipulation a year and a half ago where he can't go for the world title, I feel like he'd be the one facing Omega at the pay-per-view right now. Yeah, I mean, besides, like I said, besides Hangman, who else would you do on the babyface side to face him? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think I, the issue with Cody, I don't even know if it's with Cody. I just feel like the AEW fans, like their diehards, don't like Cody because he, he, I feel like he does scream more WWE, more sports entertainment than their indie darlings do. So, I mean, I, I, I don't understand what he's doing. I, I just feel like it was stupid that a month into the promotion, he was already having a match 
they basically it was their first match against Jericho. Oh, if I lose, I'm not going to go for the belt again. Like, why? Why would the first match? It's not like he lost like two or three times to Jericho. I was like, I need one more rematch. Yeah. If I lose, I'm going to go for the belt. Like, it was the first time they faced each other. It just made no sense. It was just. I understand, like maybe he did that to be like, oh, like I'm the head of the company and or one of the EVPs, so I'm not going to like book myself to be champion. But at this point, he's booked himself in a hole that he's basically can't do anything for the belt, so it kind of like screws him in that point. And yeah, he won the TNT belt, but how many times is he going to win that? I mean, mm. he's already won it twice in under a year. So yeah, I just I like Cody. I, I think he's a little overrated. I think a lot of people give him passes just because he's Cody Rhodes and his dad was Dusty. But I don't know. I just feel like lately he's been doing a lot of nothing. This whole feud against QT. I mean, people two weeks ago could give two shits about QT, and all of a sudden now people act like he's the he's the greatest thing ever. I mean, <laughs> I and then this whole faction war. Like we have to see Cody and Dustin and Lee Johnson versus QT, Aaron Solo and Nick Camarado. Like. Who gives a shit? Who cares? <laughs> no one does. It just the whole just, thing was stupid. Random. I'm not, I, I, besides yeah. QT, or well, I would probably say even besides Dustin and Cody, no normal people would know who any of these people are because QT is not good. And it just—I, I, like I said, I saw people on Twitter like, "Oh my, this is great! Like they're gonna get all these guys over. It's gonna make new stars." Like, no, it's not. It's not gonna make new stars because no one cares about these people anyways. And it. Even if they beat Cody, which I, I doubt they will, it's like, who cares at that point? Was Nick Camarado going to be the TNT champion in a week or Aaron Solo? No. And QT's horrible, so I don't know. It just makes no sense. And people are like, oh, more storylines if you're in a feud. But you could put the whole group of main event in a faction. I, it wouldn't make me care about them any less than I do now. No, I mean, I think Raw's was a, was a prime example of that. I mean, Ricochet and Ali really haven't meant anything in ages. So them going into Mac, going into face McIntyre in the main event, did that make them mean any more? No, I mean you y- you can't go from zero to one hundred. It was the same issue with the Ginger Mahal title reign. The guy was a loser, and then he won the championship like a month later. I'm not saying they're going to put the top. I mean, I know it's a different scenario. They're not putting the top title on these people. But my biggest issue with this whole QT Marshall bullshit is that we know nothing about almost any of these people. They never get any mic time on the show. We we we. I mean, QT Marshall's been featured pretty prominently. For what reason, I don't know. The problem with him is that he just is not that good. He's not that good. He's not interesting. The other people are good. Aaron Solo does nothing for me. I like Nick Camarado. We haven't heard from any of these people. They're only ever really on Dark. They're never really on Dynamite in a, in a regular role. I don't know. I just... And the issue is that we already have two other faction feuds going on right now between the Pinnacle and the Inner Circle and then the Matt Hardy faction and the Dark Order. I think a third faction feud... One is enough. Two is... Eh, three is overkill. And especially when they're just not that interesting. Cody's been completely underutilized or wasted or whatever. QT Marshall is not interesting enough to be heading up a faction of people who we don't really know. The whole thing, I just kind of rolled my eyes and was thinking to myself, what is, who does this appeal to? And I think it appeals to a decent amount of people because I saw a lot of people defending it online. But I just can't bring myself to care. I didn't think the angle was well done. I don't I don't need to say Goldust getting blood. Oh, is that supposed to make QT Marshall look badass? Because Dustin Rose was bleeding? Who cares? So, I thought that was complete trash. I thought Ty Conti losing was really stupid, too. Yeah, I mean, it made no sense either. I, that was something I was just like, why? She gets her biggest win of her career last week. It's Nyla Rose, and then she loses to Allie. I, I just... And then, the, and, and like you said before, they were overshadowed by the, the Dark Order and the Matt Hardy group. Like, that was more of a focus than them two facing off. And, of course, right after the match, next week at Ty Conti and Allie, so... I mean, does does Ali win? Does Ty win? I just it doesn't make much sense, and just I honestly think Ali's horrible in the ring. Yeah, she's regressed. I think since her impact is as far as I've been following her career, and I like Ali, but like the bunny stuff is not good. Um, I haven't seen one above average match that she's had. Um, I haven't seen any real signs of progress. I don't know what's going on there, but she's not very good. I thought the presence of all the factions at ringside was terrible, completely unnecessary. Um, what else happened on Dynamite last night? Oh, the, the main event. Obviously, we had Arcade Anarchy between Best Friends, Mira and Sabian. Another feud has been well-documented. I have not really given two shits about it at all. Um, clearly, they just slotted Orange into the feud because Trent got hurt. But he came back last night. It looks like he is cleared. He got pretty physical. Um, he's cleared. Chris Statlander's cleared. She's back. She came in through the claw. I had very low hopes for this thing. We were shitting on it a week or two ago. 
Um, but honestly, I thought they made the most of it. It wasn't a great main event by any means, but I thought it was better than I thought it would be. They kept it interesting. They made good use of the shit around ringside. The returns made it more notable than it would have been otherwise. And the right team won, so hopefully we can just move on and Miro can do his own thing. Yeah, it was fine for what it was. I mean, I, it didn't really appeal to me that much, but, uh, I mean, uh, I thought Miro and them probably should have won, or at least you should have won and broke off from Kip, but maybe they lose and he can break off from Kip. But, I mean, Orange Cassidy, it just, it's crazy his his like rise to fame and the fall to grace. I mean, this guy was beating Chris Jericho a couple months ago, and then now he's just been directionless like Cody has been, just seems like just like another I mean he was another guy they kind of tried to push him to a big big spot which he he never should have been but and I mean Trent coming back yeah it's good I mean what are they gonna do going to tag team division that they I couldn't even tell you the last time I saw a tag team match it's fucking trios matches every two seconds so I mean maybe maybe they'll light it up in elevation but I don't see them winning the belts anytime soon what would you do with Miro do you think he's a future TNT champion in the not too distant future I mean, I would do him and Darby probably, uh, double or nothing. That's I mean, what I would do, yeah. More sense. Yeah, I think that would make more sense. Uh, we had some breaking news here. Matt Hardy tweeted that he wanted Allen Angels. Uh, Tony Khan responded, and I quote, he said, this sounds like a dope match for AEW Dark Elevation on Monday night. Allen Five Angels versus Big Money Matt Hardy. Consider it booked. So your favorite booker of the year, my friend, is uh, booking Matt Hardy versus Allen Five Angels for Dark Elevation on Monday for your viewing pleasure. I mean, I only watch Elevation if Ty Conti's on, so if she's not on it, I won't be watching. I thought you told me that you watched it for Tony Khan, though. <laughs> I mean, after that promo he cut a couple weeks ago, geez, woof. But, uh, I mean, who cares? Matt Hardy versus Allen Angels, I don't care. <laughs> Let's talk about NXT real quickly before we close this out with TakeOver predictions. Uh, anything that stood out from yesterday's show? I mean, I had my issues with some of it. I thought the brawls were just, again, unnecessary. Um, I don't know how much of the show you caught, but the Cole O'Reilly video package was amazing. I thought it was the best thing on the entire show. Um, Taya Valkyrie's coming in a couple weeks, which is cool. I'm trying to think what else they did. They had a couple good promos. Like Ciampa cut a really good promo backstage. I'm trying to remember what else happened. Um, the, the Battle Royal was just a mess. Just way too convoluted. Uh, any other thoughts in NXT? It was a fine show. I thought the video packages were better than anything else that I saw in the ring. Yep. Um, Grimes and Strong was fine for what it was. Um, I mean, I saw Zia Lee and and Caden and Casey. I, I immediately turned back to AEW. Uh, saw the ending of that gauntlet match, Battle Royal thing. It just I honestly didn't even see the uh, breakdown of it, but it seemed convoluted as shit, so I'm glad I missed that. Um, and I did see the package of Colin around. I mean, that's a match. Like, we talked about last week. Like, they've had an influx and just, like, over-the-top amount of non-sanctioned, no DQ, no holds barred. Like, it's been, like, a fucking rest. Like, the last, like, re- year, this lazy booking has just been every match needs to be no- unsanctioned. Every match needs to be no holds barred. Like, mm-hmm. this is a match that has a story, and that's, like, it deserves that stipulation. So, I, I think it's going to be a great match next week. And this is one- this is an unsanctioned match. I'm like, okay, I'm fine with it because the story's there. But, like, even, like, Drew and Sheamus, like, yeah, it was fine. But, like, it was barely built up, and they were unsanctioned right away. Like, no, it does not need to be that. So, no. besides that, I, I thought the show was was what it was. I mean, the, I wouldn't show the, sh- the shows aren't really newsworthy. I mean, the takeovers always are good, but the, each weekly shows are just kind of kind of there sometimes. Well, I was thinking there was something I had to discuss with you as we got on the air here, and I completely forgot what it was. And now I'm remembering. I don't know how this slipped my mind, but NXT headed to Tuesday nights officially. We've talked about it a little bit. Any other thoughts on uh on NXT on Tuesdays? The Wednesday Night Wars, if you can even call it that, are over now. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. I can watch Dynamite live now and not have to worry about watching NXT after. So, I mean, yeah, that's all I got to say. <laughs> you don't see the show surpassing specifically Dynamite a million viewers a week as I don't. No, I don't think so. Like, maybe a couple of weeks, depending on if they have certain people come on. But I told you the other day, you you were saying, like, the casual person doesn't know who Nick Camarado or Aaron Solar is. But, like, their hardcore viewers is what they're going to get at this point. I mean... Uh, unless they get Brock Lesnar or CM Punk or a big name, I just I just don't see them getting um, past a certain point. I think they have their viewers, and that and that's what they're going to get at this point. So they might get closer to a million now that NXT's not on there. But I just even if they do, it's just going to be that set audience. I just don't see them. They have their niche product. It's not going to get any bigger unless they bring in one of those big names. But I just don't think 
their fans would even want that. I, they like their indie wrestling. They like their thousand factions because it gets everyone over allegedly, and it is what it is. But I, I don't think either show will crack million regularly. Well, I think the problem specifically with Dynamite NXT is what it is at this point. But with Dynamite, I think they, they've gotten close to a million, very close, specifically like with the Shaq match. I think what they need to do on a night like that when they promote a Shaq match, you know a lot of those people that are tuning in, which are boosting the number higher than it usually is, are the curious viewer, kind of seeing like, okay, what is this? Shaq's in a match. Let's check it out. You got to hook those people. I, I'm not saying these people are going to be on Twitter, but I haven't heard of many people say, oh, I watched for the Shaq match and I stayed for Darby Allen. Or, I, I mean, I love Darby and that's not a great example, but like, oh, I stayed for the Dark Order segment or something like that. Like, they need to do more big matches like that, kind of like to grab people's attention, but not just grab people's attention, keep those people around. Like, Raw has had an issue with that for years. Again, that's why I'm not really surprised. NXT, same thing. I feel like that's what um that's what Dynamite should be doing more of. Yeah, they should be capitalizing more on the big names that they bring in. I mean, they brought Sting in. I think Sting was on the same show as Shaq. I don't think he debuted, but it was in one of the one of the shows that Shaq like that's yeah that the Shaq interview on. segment. Yep, yep, I know what you're talking. But about. I mean, like you said, they, the, what you need is I mean, I, you can't pull Shaquille O'Neal out every fucking two weeks, but they even did it with Tyson. I just, I just, you need to. Once you have one of those big stars that's going to bring in decent amount of casual fans, like you have to win them from there. And if you just get the cure, cure like the curious fan that's just going to see that match, and they're just like, "Oh, the rest of this is stupid shit," and they have fucking Butcher and Blade versus someone that no one cares about. I mean, you have to you have to capitalize on that. And I feel like AEW's done a a really bad job at that because I feel like even though shows that they draw good numbers, I feel like that next week normally is just kind of like an ant show. I mean, yeah. I remember the week after the Shack, like they had the Shack, they had, uh, they had, uh, Sting was on there. I mean, I'm not the biggest Sting fan, but that, that could get, get some decent amount of views. But then I feel like the next week was just kind of like another, like a normal dynamite. Like yeah. it's a decent show, but it's not going to attract it's to that audience. It, it attracts that audience and a normal person wouldn't go out of their way to watch it. And I feel like that's what they do more than, than not. Like, yeah, next week has some de- like they have the the big trios match, which I mean their fans will love that. But then they have a couple other like small matches, like the casual fan would give two shits about. So we'll see. But I think they just need to book better, and I feel like they give a lot away on TV. Like that Young Bucks Moxley versus Omega and the good like I don't know if you should be giving away that on free TV. I mean, I agree. Especially well, the thing is to that. It's that It's that the real thing at the end of the day. It appeals to one audience, and it's like the hardcore indie wrestling fans. So they can get away on free TV because it's not like it's really going to change anything. So yeah. I guess, but I feel like that's such a that's something that could like main event a show or that could be a big a big match on a show and just giving away on free TV doesn't make much sense. But it is what it is. I agree. I think that's what they need to work on if they want to build their audience, especially now that they have wins and it's all to themselves. So hopefully they can do that in the future. And again, the same goes for NXT. But let's get into NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver predictions for Night 1 and Night 2, starting with a newly made match as of Wednesday night. Pete Dunne versus Kushida. Who goes over here? Uh, I'll go with Pete Dunne. Okay. Uh, I, f- I feel like we thought Kushida was going to go after Gargano again, but never really got to that point, so... I like Pete Dunne. I'm not the biggest Kushida fan, so I, I would roll with Dunne. I just feel like he, he's more valuable than Kushida is. They're both coming off losses at the last takeover, so both guys kind of need a notable win. That's why I'm kind of torn here. Um, Dunne pinned Balor. I mean, that has not been spoken about at all, but he pinned Balor in that six-man tag team match right after takeover, and they completely forgot about it, so I don't know what the fuck the deal that was. Um, but of the two, I'll say Pete Dunne. They'll probably build him up for something bigger, although a Kushida win, I wouldn't complain. Uh, tag team titles here, MSK, Grizzled Young Vets, Legato Del Fantasma. This should be great. I was wondering why it didn't have a ladder match stipulation, because NXT loves their ladder matches, but we're getting one on night two, which we'll get to momentarily. Um, but out of the three teams, who walks out as the new tag team champions now that Lorcan and Birch are out? Um, I say Grizzled Young Vets. That, to me, makes the most sense. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's who our pick was to win the uh, Dusty Classic MSK one, but I, I would have Grizzly Young Vets win, and then you can have MSK in chase mode, so that, that's what I would do. This is random, but I, I was thinking about this last week. Actually, Alexis brought this up. You know how, like, with the women's tag team titles, they had, um, what was I going to say? They had they had, they gave the titles to Kai and Gonzalez because they won the tournament, so they just automatically gave it to them. Why did they just, I mean, I know why, because they wanted to make a match for TakeOver, but why wouldn't they just give the 
men's tag titles to MSK now that Lorcan and Birch are hurt because they won the men's tournament. Like, wouldn't that just make sense? Because they were also owed a title shot anyway. I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, they technically, maybe, they, maybe they'll win on Saturday and that's like them getting the bouts, but maybe. I mean, I think it's more just to add another match to, since they have two nights and then the match out of the car that's addressed. Oh. oh, no, no, it absolutely is. I'm just saying logically it doesn't make a lot of sense. But... Well, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. wrestling. There's never any logic. <laughs> No, I know. Uh, we get to the six-man gauntlet eliminator, Leon Ruff, Isaiah Swerve, Scott Bronson, Reed, Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, and L.A. Knight. Um, I, I've said this before, but Dexter Loomis beat Gargano weeks ago. He's been feuding with him ever since. He's beaten Theory a bunch of times. I mean, I feel like this match is made for Dexter Loomis to win. Maybe Bronson Reed, but I think Loomis coming in at number five basically gives away that he's winning the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it makes no sense. Like you said, he beat, he beat uh, Gargano, and then now... Now he's in this fucking title eliminator gauntlet match, whatever the hell you want to call it. So I honestly am not the biggest uh, Dexter Loomis fan, and, and and you know I just think the guy the guy bores me to tears. I mean, if anything, make him a, a heel. Him as a babyface literally does nothing for me. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could do him and Gargano again. I mean, I just don't think he'll win. I think him Gargano vs. La Knight is way more intriguing to me, or Bronson Reed than than uh, Dexter Loomis at this point. Yeah, we'll get to that North American Championship match at some point in a minute, and I hope he doesn't win it. But uh, Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT United Kingdom Championship. Walter is defending his title the next day against Rampage Brown, so I, th- I think it's safe to say that he's not losing here. Yeah, Walter wins, LOL. Um, but seriously, no, nah, I mean, Walter's going to win here. I think this would be a great match. I think this could give uh, Walter and Ilya a, a run for for probably like one of Walter's best matches. Like, that match was amazing last year, but I think him yep. and Tampa could could even top that. So I think this would be a good match. I think Walter winning, I mean, obviously, but I think this could be a great hard-hitting affair and be one of the matches people are talking about. Yeah, Walt, uh, Walt, yeah, I agree. Walter's a match-of-the-year machine. I mean, between his matches with friggin' Pete Dunne that we saw in person, Ilya, Tyler Bate, which was great. I mean, the guy fucking kills it against everybody that he's in the ring with, so... This should be a great match, too. Uh, main event, Io Shirai, Raquel Gonzalez for night one, NXT uh, Women's Championship. Raquel's gotten the upper hand so often that I think there's a chance Io might win with um, Dakota Kai inadvertently interfering. I, and there's a good chance Shirai retains, but I'm going to stick with Raquel winning the championship here. Yeah, I, I, I was leaning towards Raquel, but like you said, she's been getting the upper hand on Io so much lately. I, I got to go with Io here. I mean, I like Raquel. I think she still needs a little bit more time. Like you said, if her, hopefully, oh, not hopefully, but if Kai, like, accidentally cost her and then they can do a program with her and Kai and then have her face EO, um, just give her a little bit more time to be built. I think she's good. I think she just needs a little bit more seasoning, a little bit more credibility, and maybe that, I think she's the one that will probably beat EO, but I, I think EO is going to retain next week. We'll see. Uh, NXT Women's Tag Team titles, Ember Moon and Shotzi versus The Way. I mean, The Way's already lost twice, so this is where they win the championships. I mean, they just Ember Moon and Shotzi just won the damn thing. So I'm going to say they win, but like The Way's already lost twice to them. Yeah, I just... I don't know. I, I The women's tag team belts, Jesus Christ. It's pointless. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would say Shotzi... I mean, you can't have the belts change again, can you? I, I I would stick with Shotzi and Ember, but, I mean, you could have the way win and have three different champions in less than a month, so who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Um, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, unsanctioned match. This is going to be awesome. I think Kyle O'Reilly wins it here. Oh, yeah, Kyle's going to win this. This is going to be a great match. I think this could be another one of those we'll be talking about at the end of the year matches. I think, like I said, I think this match deserves the stipulation. It has a story. These guys are best friends in a group for the last couple of years. They're lighting the world on fire. Adam turns his back. I mean, this is like Ciampa, Gargano on steroids. Yep. I, just, I think the story itself's there. I think the, both these guys are great. And like I said, I think this would be one of those matches we talked about at the end of 2021 as being one of the best matches of the year. I completely agree. Uh, Gargano, does he retain his title against the winner of the Gauntlet Eliminator? Uh, no, he doesn't. No? Okay. I don't know who he's facing, but I don't think he'll, he'll win. Okay, I'm thinking we're getting new tag team champions. I, I think with the amount of title chances we're getting, I think he's going to retain, but uh, that's just me. Um, NXT Cruiserweight Championship, obviously we're getting a definitive champion here. Devlin, Escobar, ladder match. This is going to be great. I'm really excited for it. I got Devlin winning. I think Escobar is on to bigger and better things, hopefully. 
Yeah, I was going to say Devlin as well. Um, I love Santos Escobar, but I think, like you said, he is destined for bigger and better things. Not like the, He's been a great champion, a cruiserweight champion. I just feel like he's so pigeonholed with that. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be better than that, and hopefully you can start getting him uh, in that North American title reign. So uh, I would have Devlin win here and have Escobar go to bigger and better things. Yeah, I agree. And then we get to the main event, Finn Balor, Karrion Cross NXT Championship. I feel like unless Karrion's getting called up, he, he should probably win here. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, unless he gets called up, I I, I would go with Karrion here. Um, I mean, I think there's a good chance he gets called up after after uh, WrestleMania. So, I, I, I see, like, that's what sucks, though, because I feel like there is a good chance he'll get called up. Um... I'll go with I'll go with Cross, but I wouldn't be surprised if he loses and debuts on Raw in the next uh, tonight or next week. Did you see they're advertising Tessa Blanchard for the show too now? For what show? For Takeover Night Two. What do you mean? That she's debuting on that show. Why did not see that? It just broke like five minutes ago. Let me check. I don't want this kid April Fools on me. I'm April Fools on you. She's not on the show. I had to throw some what sort of a, joke what in there. A jerk. <laughs> this is not an April Fool's joke, but I'm reading now that Coach Roy Williams is retiring. That's pretty sad. Jerk, kid April <laughs> Roy Williams is retiring. Any any reaction to that? That is actually real. I, I know Roy Williams retired. He guy's an old dinosaur. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Hey, well, I, I, the locker room give us is iconic. Yeah, I know, but the kid pissed me off with the Tessa Blanchard news, and um, I'm shutting down. <laughs> Well, on that note, it's a good thing I'm letting you go. you got to head to a meeting. But uh, this has been great, Mr. Marceau. Thanks, as always. I appreciate it. Uh, enjoy uh, WrestleMania weekend. We'll actually talk next week. But have a great one, brother. I'll catch you then. See you later.